In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, and that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. With your permission, Lord Jesus Christ, truly present among us here in the most blessed sacrament, we come today to, to the end of our, of our calendar year. It's New Year's Eve, um, and it is a, um, we're, we're at the end. 2021 is going to be over. It's only got a few hours left, and we're on our way to 2022 with whatever it brings. And it's interesting, um, the gospel for the daily mass this morning, um, December 31st, the very last day of the year, is the prologue of St. John's Gospel, um, which I think is a little ironic, um, or not ironic, but providential, uh, because the prologue of St. John's Gospel, um, the beginning of, of his gospel, used to be the last gospel, right? At every Mass in the, uh, what was the extraordinary form, the traditional formula of the Roman Rite, whatever it's called nowadays, um, the, the pre-Vatican II form of the, the Latin Rite of the Mass, the Mass would actually conclude with the beginning of John's Gospel. So at the end of every Mass, the priest would go to the Gospel side of the altar, which is, you know, the side that the Blessed Mother statue is on, and would, would read from the beginning of the Holy Gospel according to John. It's the la- it was called the last gospel, right? And sure enough, with our liturgical year, that is the last gospel we read. So it still re- remains, retains its kind of pride of place. It's the last thing. It's kind of the, the sending off the valedictory address, right? Um, which is to go forth, right? What's the going forth address? that the church makes to us and that we can meditate upon tonight in your presence, Lord. What's the church's farewell address to us as we conclude the year? Well, it's this last gospel, right? The beginning of the Holy Gospel, according to to St. John. Now, we should know about John's gospel. When we read John's gospel, um, you have the four gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And Matthew, Mark, and Luke are they're they're written very early very very early and their goal was to get the facts of the story out there in as um organized or as you know quick of a way as possible uh they had to get the story of jesus out there in writing so so matthew mark and luke are called the synoptic gospels meaning that they they see things with like one eye right the stories are very parallel to each other in most regards they're basically telling the exact same story, um, some focus on different things, but it's the exact same setup. Um, the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Well, John, St. John was probably only a teenager at the time that the Gospels are happening, right? He, he was the youngest of the apostles, probably only in his you know, mid to late teens. Um, and he, uh, so he lived much later than the other apostles. And Toward the end of his life, 
people already knew this story. They knew Matthew, Mark, and Luke, right? And they were probably very book smart with regard to all of these things. They could cite the details of, of the Synoptic Gospels. But that John the Apostle, John the Evangelist, John, the friend of Jesus, saw that they had forgotten something. They lost something. They had lost the mystery. They had lost the love. That people knew the details of the story. But what was it like to be with you, Lord? God made man to be your friend. What impact did that have on people? Which is why in John's gospel so often, the narrative kind of the, the structure, he's not, he doesn't care about the, the structure of the chronological time of events. There's chronology, but he's less concerned with getting those details as he is with this, these personal encounters, Jesus and Nicodemus, Jesus and the woman at the well, Jesus and the man born blind, right? Jesus and, and the apostles, three chapters dedicated to his instructions to the apostles at the Last Supper, Jesus and Pilate even. And there's these back and forth encounters. What was it like to know you, Lord, to be with you? And John wanted to teach us that. People forgot the mystery. They forgot the love. And so when we read, particularly even the prologue of John's gospel, we should keep that in mind, what St. John is trying to teach us about his friend, Jesus, who was God. And so, of course, he begins, in the beginning was the word. In Greek, in arche hein hologos. Uh, I once, in Rome, I, um, I wanted to test out of Greek because I knew some Greek. So I wanted to test out of it. Uh, and, of course, luckily the, on the exam, it was um, the beginning of John's gospel, which is very beautiful Greek, but it's also very, very easy Greek, right? So I'm like, oh, oh, I, I don't know this because I know the Greek I know this because I know the beginning of John. Enarche hein hologos. Kai hologos hein apotheu. Kai hotheos hein hologos, right? Or uh, something like that. Uh, it was 12 years ago. But they, um, I knew it then. It, uh, no, it, um, you know, John's beautiful. In the beginning was the word, right? In the be- and I think that that's so beautiful. Just to begin our meditation tonight, as we come to the end of the year, and things change, Right? Things are, always, things are changing all the time. And particularly, we're living in a time, these years of 2020 and 2021, when things can change on a dime. All of a sudden, you get exposed to COVID, you get COVID, and everything changes. All your plans change. Everything just kind of gets upended. You know, and it's like, oh, I hope, I hope this is just a sniffle and not COVID um, or whatever, however it goes. But look, in the beginning was the word. Right? As much as, as things change, the word endures, right? Jesus was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be. God, God's eternal glory. Jesus, you're the source of our stability. And particularly in these last few years, as maybe our external stability has been totally rocked, and we just can't be confident in anything externally, we, as Christians, are being called to go deeper into internal stability with you, Lord. How are you calling us to, to find our stability? You, you are the unchanging God, right? You, you, you never change. Your love for us never changes. And so 
we have, maybe we've been terrible at it these last almost two years now of really kind of trusting in God's providence and really seeing in Jesus the source of, of all stability. But, you know, something we're going to say a few times tonight, nunc cepi, right? Begin right now. This is the time to begin. Um, nunc cepi. Jesus, you're my stability. In the beginning was the word. If we're not careful, this meditation could go on for, this meditation could be your whole life, right? You can spend the rest of your life just meditating on the prologue of John's gospel. I've often wanted to read St. Thomas Aquinas' commentary on John's gospel. But when you see that, it's like 25 pages on this first verse. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, right? And it's like just 25 or 30 pages just on that. I'm like, oh, I don't know, right? I've never gotten past chapter one, section one of St. Thomas's commentary on John's gospel. But you could just spend your whole life. In the beginning was the word. God is our stability. The word is with God, right? The son and the father eternally in love with one another. In that eternal communion, that never changes. The love of the Trinity never changes. And the word was God. In case we forgot, right? With all the Christmas stories, with everything going on, Jesus, you're God. You are God. We're going to pray the Te Deum. I'll talk about that in a, in a few minutes. Um, but we're going to pray together tonight the Te Deum, uh, one of these great devotions to the Blessed Trinity, which just begins... We praise you, O God. We acknowledge you as Lord, right? Te Deum, Laudamus, right? We praise you, God. Like, you are God. <laughs> Jesus, you are God. You, you're, you're, you are God made flesh, right? No matter what changes, that doesn't change. You were in, he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, not anything was made that was made. In him was life. Jesus is our life, right? Jesus in you is life. Where do we find life? Well, we find it in you, right? In him was life. And that life and the light, um, in him was life, and the life was the light of men, right? In him was life, and the life was the light of men, right? So, so our, the light, what's the light? That, what gives us light? is the life that comes from you. If we're living supernatural life, right, if we really have a relationship with you, then all things for us are light. They're clear. That's what supernatural life gives us. You are, to be in relationship with you, to have that interior life, that supernatural life, that gives us light. It gives us the ability to see and to make decisions clearly. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. In the midst of darkness of so much confusion, what do I do? How do I make right decisions? How do I live an upright, moral life? How do I, how do I be faithful? What am I supposed to do with my life? What are, all of these things. Jesus, your supernatural life in us gives us the clarity to be able to make those decisions. And when there's so much darkness and confusion around us, we could just go back and be reminded. Let John, your friend, remind us. Sometimes we need the friend of a friend to remind us, you know, about the relationship. So let John, your friend, remind us, your friends. The light shines in the darkness. And maybe even, too, with our world. There's so much darkness of uncertainty, of moral confusion, of lack of faith 
Lack of trust in you, Lord. But our supernatural life shines in that darkness. Our life in you. That's who we are meant to be as Christians right in the middle of the world. Our supernatural life will shine in the darkness of so much confusion. But it's only if it's rooted in you, if it's your life. If it's not, then it's, it's nothing. And it's going to be, then it will be overcome by darkness. But our supernatural life, the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness does not overcome it. That the darkness can't overcome the light of your love in us, Jesus, and the light of your guidance. If we stay close to you, there's no, there's no circumstance, there's no situation which we won't be able to handle because we're close to you, because we love you. And then John goes on, John the Evangelist goes on to talk about John the Baptist, right? There was a man sent from God whose name was John, and he came for testimony to bear witness to the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness to the light. And I think as we come to the end of this year, you know, John the Baptist came to give testimony. He wasn't himself the light, but he testified to the light. So as we conclude the year, we could ask maybe as we look back on this past year, a good time of looking back, making a good evaluation of the past year. Who, who was John the Baptist for me this year? Jesus, who pointed out your light for me? Who, who testified, bore witness, so that I could be stronger in your supernatural life? What were the circumstances that led to that? Who were those John the Baptists? But, you know, we have to be careful. Did we, did we confuse them? Um, we don't want to confuse John the Baptist with the light. John the Evangelist says about John the Baptist, John the Baptist wasn't the light. He's not the light. He's not the Messiah, he says later on. He says it, he says it very clearly. I am not the Messiah, right? He said it, does not deny it. Are you the, no, okay. Um, well, we can't confuse, you know, it happens, and I, it's better probably just not to read the news in these things, but there are people who, who topple from, from great. You know, maybe some people lead us to, to you, Lord, in certain ways, but then through their own weakness and, you know, the, the mystery of sin, they themselves stumble and fall. And we live in a world that permits everything and forgives nothing. So, it, um, you know, those, those falls, those stumblings get, um, get shown shown to the whole world but it we don't we don't those people are not the light they point to it but we can't confuse them with the light right we can't confuse those who lead us to you with you ultimately you're the most important we pray for those who have assisted us we want them to persevere themselves but we should be very careful not to confuse our relationship with them with our relationship with you but who were those john the baptist for us john came to he wasn't the light, but he came to bear witness to the light. Who Jesus showed us, and maybe tonight in this time of prayer, we could just pray for them. All right, we pray for them. We remember them. We pray for them. Um, you're, you know, we bring them to you out of gratitude for what they've done for us this year. The true light that enlightens everyone was coming into the world. That was, that's a verse I always, I always stumble on in Latin, right? It's... Um, um, Erat lux verde que illuminat omnem hominem, right? 
Omnem hominem. And the, the way it's on the card, it was on two different lines. So I'm like, oh, oh no, oh, this is a disaster, right? But no, the true light, which enlightens everyone, right? Omnem hominem, every person. True light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. The light of Jesus, Jesus, your light, and the light of your supernatural life is for everyone. There's nobody who's excluded for the gospel. St. Maria would say, out of a hundred souls, we're interested in a hundred, right? Your light enlightens everyone. Your supernatural life is for everyone. It's open to all. Nobody is excluded. The true light that enlightens everyone was coming into the world. And Jesus, you're still coming into the world through us, through our acts of apostolate, through you shining through us. And so we got to see that. There's nobody that we write off. There's nobody who say, oh, no, that person never going to happen, right? They're not converting. No, everyone, your light is open to everyone. Your supernatural life is for everyone. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world knew him not, right? Jesus, you you were in the world, right? You live in the world, and... It's the world, um, the world was made through you, right? All things were created by, they're created good. And so we should see like these things, again, in time, looking back on the year, giving thanks. Everything, everything that I love, every little thing, it can't provide it, it's, it's not sinful. If it's a disordered love for some, um, some sin, like that, that's not from you. But all created, created things, in their proper place, are from you, right? And I should thank you for them, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for all these things that I, I love. They reflect you. And so when we, when we have some good thing, do we let it reflect Jesus to us, right? He was in the world, and the world was made through him, right? According to the word, the word, the world was fashioned according to the logos, the idea, right? The word. And so both the world didn't know him. And that, like, things should point us to Jesus. And we just ignore them. And we focus more on the thing and we forget. Uh, you know, that, that makes it all worldliness, right? The world did not know him, that we take these created things and we become worldly with them. And we just focus just on them. Right? I just love my Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Right? I, I love it. I love it so much. And I'm just focused on Ben and Jerry's. Um, I'm focused on it. Okay, maybe I got to not talk about it too much because I'm going to be like, oh, let's stop the meditation. I'm going to go to the gas station and get myself some Ben and Jerry's. Right? But no, um, I'm focused. But Jesus, like, Ben and Jerry's reminds me of you, hopefully. Right? That's it. You're, it's, you created whatever makes ice cream. I don't know milk and something else, ice, and um, you give it to us out of love. Um, all for you, Lord. And so, you know, enjoy, enjoy the Ben and Jerry's, but thank you, Lord, for it, right? Do we actually say thank you? Do these things remind us of you? So now every time we have something good, Jesus, it reminds me of you. This is created good because all of creation is made according to the word. And so in all, we can find you in all things, Again, going to St. Jose Maria would say, if you and I don't find 
Jesus in the midst of the everyday, ordinary things, we won't find him anywhere. Jesus, if I can't find you in having a whole pint of Ben and Jerry's, um, that'd be intemperate, probably shouldn't have the whole pint, but if I can't find you in that, I won't, I, where am I going to find you anywhere else? Everything is made through you. We've got to find you in the ordinary stuff. Oh, no, no. When I'm at the office, I'm doing my office work. And when I'm at the gym, I'm doing my workout work. And when I'm in church, I'll do my pray work then. Like, no. When I'm in the office, I'm doing everything out of love for you. When I'm at the gym, I'm exercising or offering up the pain out of love for you, right? Um, and then when we're in church, we're just changing that conversation um, into something a little bit more structured, maybe a little bit more formal, a little bit more, more physically present. But it's all the same love. We have to find you right in the middle of the ordinary things. And we should ask. You know, if we're worried about forgetting about, like, it's good to ask at the end of the year, like, everything that we're doing, why are we doing it? Like, what's the actual purpose? What's our goal? I've been praying with this a lot lately. As we're starting to, you know, have tomorrow, I'm taking over three extra parishes tomorrow morning. And so um, as all that starts, like, well, what's the goal? What do we want to happen? What's the purpose of this? Right now, it seems like the purpose is just cleaning. Let's just clean stuff, right? Or let's just, um, let's just organize, right? Because that's something external. No, what's the purpose? The glory of God. Jesus, we want you to be worshipped, adored, loved, in all these places. We want many more souls to come and know you. What's the purpose of it all? If it's just worldly, I'm going to run a good, I'm going to run four good businesses, right? Um, that's it. I'm going to be successful running businesses. Well, no. I want to be successful in bringing souls to you, Jesus. That's the And I want to be sure that I'm first among those. My soul. I want to be totally given over to you. What's the purpose of the whole thing? As we come to the end of the year, we should ask that. Why are we doing everything we're doing in the course of a day? Why am I doing this? What's the end goal? What do I want? Heaven. Out of love for you. Okay, well, why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? Because I want to go to heaven. I can do it out of love for you. And if I've gotten worldly about it, he was in the world, and the world did not know him. The world didn't know him. Well, if I got worldly, now it gets worse. He came to his own, this says his own home, Again, if, if we go to the, the Latin, um, in propria veni, right? In his own, right? He just came to his own. He came to his own home. He came to his own people, his own place, right? His propria, right? That's like home turf, right? He came to his own people, his own home. Et sui eum non receperant, right? Um, his own didn't receive him. That, again, it uses the, the possessive, right? His own didn't receive, his, his didn't receive him. Jesus, I'm yours. I've been conformed to you in baptism. I am a Christian, right? That should be, what's the most important thing people say about me? More than any other thing. How do people identify me? They should be able to point and say, that is a Christian, Right? Even when St. Paul says in, in Christ there's no longer, you know, Jew or Greek, Jew or Gentile, male, female, slave or free, right? How, how much would it be that even before someone identifies, as, you know, that, that's a man, that's a woman, right? No, that's a Christian. It's the most important thing you need to know about me. I'm a Christian man. I'm a priest, right? I'm from Connecticut. The most important thing, I bear your name. I am a Christian. I am your propria. I'm your own. 
And it's good at the end of the Mass, when this would be prayed at every Mass, to consider every day, particularly if we've received you in Holy Communion, Lord, in propria venit, right? You came to your own people. I'm your own people. I received you today in Holy Communion. In sui eum non receperant. His own people didn't receive him. They never received, how many times do we receive you? Into our mouths, into our bodies, but not into our hearts. And where has that happened maybe this past year? Or you've come to me in different ways, in, in prayer, in reading scripture, and I just get distracted. I'm going to start playing a game on my phone or something. He came to his own people, and his own people didn't receive him. Jesus, I'm your own people. And I hope that at every time I didn't receive you, turn around, right? Begin again, right now, today, begin again. And receive, I'll receive you now, Lord. He came to his own people, knocking on his own front door, right? And there he was turned away. But to all who received him, and every time, Lord, we've received you, to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God. I mean, that, that's incredible. To all who did receive him, Jesus, you gave us the power. You make us children of God. I'm a son of God. I'm a son of the Father. The Father looks on me with the love with which he looks on you. Because when I've, when I've received you in my heart, by that grace, by your own grace, to all who did receive him, he gave the power to be children of God. And again, John reminding us this, if we've gotten too mechanical in our religion, if we've just gotten too factual or too overly intellectual at times. Jesus, when I receive you, I have the power to be a son of God or a daughter of God. And that's, that's it. That's, that's the ball. What a great trade-off, right? Don't get distracted today. Stay with me. Let me into your heart. I'll make you a son or daughter of the Father. Awesome. And that this happens, who are born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Jesus, why am I a son of God? Why are my daughter of God? Why, why, how are we made your children? Well, not, not by blood, right? Not through a, a physical birth. Nor by, nor by the will, um, will of the flesh, right? Nor of the will of man. It's not just, oh, I come to church because I like getting up early in the morning, right? Or I just, I like all the, the sense of, I love the smell of incense, you know? No, what, what makes me a son or daughter of God? The will of God, right? God chooses me. That's, and that's a beautiful vocation that we're going to see throughout the rest of this gospel, we pray for our whole life just on John's prologue and just on John's gospel that we are given the power to become children of God by the will of God. Jesus, you choose us. Why am I here on a New Year's Eve, right? Here in your presence, ending the year right. Not by the will of any other person, not by just some circumstance. I'm here tonight in the presence of God himself to end 2021 by your own will because you've called me. You personally called me to be here. And thank you. Thank you for that, Lord. And then John gets to the, the climax, right? The knockout punch. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. 
this God, Jesus, your God, and you logos sarks again into the word became sarks, became flesh, right? Flesh and blood. And you dwelt among us. You lived with us. Right? That, that, like the word became flesh and, and dwelt, lived with us. You wanted to come and stay with us. Right? If someone really important called me, I don't have any guest rooms left, but if like someone that I really look up to, like who I totally admire, maybe Facebook stalk a little, I don't know. Someone like, you know, really important is like, Father Casey, I want to come, can I come and stay with you at St. Francis? Like, you know, I've got, <laughs> I've got this person as a guest. Like, Yeah. Great, right? Father Mike Schmitz, maybe most popular Catholic priest in the United States, is like, you know, come, come stay at St. Franz. I'm going to record my Bible in a year for today in, in the basement there. I would be telling everyone, like, hey, Father Mike, he's staying at St. Francis, right? He's staying with me. All the more so, Jesus, you come to stay with me, right? You, you set up your dwelling among us. You stay with us, Lord. How incredible. You become flesh and you live with us. And then just listen, let John be the one to say these words. And we have beheld his glory, the, o- the glory of the only begotten Son of the Father. Right? John is saying that. Like we, I, I was with the group and we beheld his glory. And even think John saying that, who saw the glory of the risen, of the transfigured Christ on Mount Tabor, who saw the glory of the risen Christ uh, at the resurrection and at the ascension, John saw his glory, who saw his glory at the revelations and the apocalypse, right? We saw his glory, the glory of the only begotten son of the father. This is it. This is the glory that you want to show us. Jesus, as we come to the end of this year and we reflect on all these things, it's a good um, practice to make New Year's resolutions, right? That's going to be a thing. We're going to make a lot of resolutions being made. Next. A lot of gym members. Well, who knows if gym memberships are being bought this year. But um, it's still, you know, to look forward to make a New Year's resolution. But we conclude every time of prayer. It's a great, we should probably say the prayer at our own personal prayer, not just here in these public meditations. And thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you communicate to me in this meditation, right? We shouldn't just make New Year's resolutions. We should make everyday resolutions, Right? Try on some New Year's Eve to remember your resolution from last January 1st. Usually we can't. We forget it by February. But we shouldn't just make a resolution tomorrow morning or tonight for the whole year. But just maybe tonight. At the end of this time of prayer, begin now. Begin again right now. Okay. You know, uh, Jesus, here's this resolution I want to make. To dwell with you in glory. To remember my love for you. To let Ben and Jerry's remind me of you again and again. To do all these things, Jesus. I want to... I want to be with you in that. And so, Jesus, we ask you to help us. Um, but make good resolutions, to make good, good resolutions. But to not let those resolutions become um, stagnant. But again and again, new resolution and the new, more resolutions being proactive in living in the fullness of your glory. We ask our mother to pray for us. Mary, pray for us. Teach us um, how, to, how to love and contemplate the glory of, of your son today, tomorrow. We're going to celebrate the solemnity of Mary, the mother of God. And so we ask our mother to pray for us and help us along this path of discipleship. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations which you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help and put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.